0: Welcome to This Stroke Journey podcast, brought to you by the National Stroke Education Center at the University of Cincinnati. Your premier source for comprehensive diagnostic and therapeutic stroke education from the pre-hospital and emergency settings through the ICU and rehabilitation. Please welcome today's host, Dr. William Knight. Hello, my name is Bill Knight, coming to you from the University of Cincinnati on behalf of the National Stroke Education Center. Today, I'm joined for a brief podcast with my friend and colleague, Dr. Charlie Kircher, the co-director of the University of Cincinnati Stroke Team. Charlie, welcome. Thanks for having me, Bill. It's great to be here. No problem. Today, we are talking about what is a really challenging subject, I think even for people like you and I who do both stroke and emergency medicine and critical care on a regular basis, And that's the concept of not just the posterior circulation stroke, but I'd like to focus a little bit on on the devastating basilar artery occlusion. Um, in, In particular, we think about the horror stories, but I think that for an emergency physician, the horror story isn't just the devastated and or locked in basilar occlusion, but more the nuanced tricky uh, basilar occlusion. And so I would be curious to your thought if we could separate this out briefly into two different type of, of patients, the low stroke scale or um, low disability, minimal disability, non-disability with a with a basilar artery occlusion, and then the devastated, uh, locked in, intubated basilar artery. So let's focus on the, the low stroke scale. How do you approach or recommend an emergency physician approach a patient that has a basilarity occlusion they've already gotten that far of making that diagnostic based on some some subtle findings or low disability but then what next how do we coordinate that care and rescue them from that horrible outcome
1: that's a great question bill and i will say you know that there's a few a few key points i think first of all Don't try and drop their blood pressure. Let them perfuse because they may be hanging on by a little bit of collateral circulation. Second of all, if you're not at a center that's Um, embolectomy capable, you need to get them there. These patients can deteriorate rapidly and their care is much improved by getting them to a comprehensive or thrombectomy capable center. You know, the question of how to treat in the acute setting will vary based on um, specialist management and the nature of the lesion. Some folks will favor heparin for clear subocclusive thrombi. Others will favor dual antiplatelet therapy if it looks like it's more atherosclerotic. But either way, once the is identified, they really should be at a, uh, a high level stroke center that's capable of doing rapid, intervention if a patient deteriorates because you can't really predict who's going to go down.
0: Yeah, you mentioned two things that are pretty controversial in stroke. One is heparin and the other is endovascular for a low or minimally disabled patient. Are you recommending one or both for this group universally? I can't say that because all of the trials are performed
1: on anterior circulation patients only. The basilar is usually an exclusion to many of these trials. I think it's a decision that has to be made on a case-by-case basis. Thrombectomy carries risks in a low NIH stroke scale patient, but would become necessary if a patient becomes acutely obtunded or locked
0: in. I think that's important to note that there are times that where we may truly never or or, or or minimally use a drug like heparin in an anterior circulation, th- there is the thought or feeling that there may be some benefit or at least um, helping these patients in the basilar given the low flow um, state of that artery. And I think that your point about the endovascular is key as well is that, that that is an area given the devastation that I think we see sometimes where you can take somebody who has minimal deficits who does go to endovascular well outside of the normally accepted time window. Can you comment on that briefly about taking somebody who may be eight hours, who goes from a stroke scale of two to 30 and on the vent about why we we may take somebody 12 hours out, eight hours out, even 24 hours out, even though they've already had some ongoing ischemia?
1: Sure, so a couple of things. First of all, the key trials that established the zero to six hour window and the six to 24 hour windows that we commonly use were for anterior stroke circulation patients. They're using uh CTP to, to select patients for that intervention. That's not validated in the posterior circulation at all, and I would not encourage people to use a CT perfusion to evaluate patients with basilar stroke syndrome for thrombectomy or not. It's simply a test that's not uh, developed for those patients. What we have is, based on some MRI findings sometimes, we can see a very small stroke, and then when a patient gets worse, we know intuitively or know from their prior imaging that they had a small stroke, and therefore the risk of reperfusion hemorrhage is low. Likewise, unlike the anterior circulation, if someone's developed a complete basilar syndrome, the idea of harm from a reperfusion hemorrhage is much less because they're already completely devastated from an ischemic stroke. And so, you know, if they, if they can get reperfusion um, and save some neurons, even if it's going from a complete basilar to a partial like a medullary stroke or something like that, they're going to be... They're going to be helped immensely by that, even if it's not done in the traditional evidence-based windows.
0: I think that that is probably the most important message to take of this, is that risk benefit analysis is so much more nuanced in the in the posterior circulation. And to wrap up, I, we don't have much time, but I think that the discussion of the devastated patient uh, with a high NIH stroke scale with a basilar artery occlusion tends to be a little bit easier. But can you speak a little bit to both the coordination of care with specialists, be it critical care, stroke specialist, um, your hospital, the nursing, the radiology, et cetera, in addition to sometimes that decision of um, thrombolytics versus embolectomy versus both in those devastated patients?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, I would be hard pressed to use thrombolytics in a patient with an unknown last seen well time with a basilar stroke. I think those patients may be selected for acute MRI first, That will depend on the time since last well, the institution, how the head CT appears, but ultimately you have to talk to your endovascular specialist and ask, are we going straight to Angio for this, given the history and the CT findings, or are we gonna get an MRI to establish whether or not Angio is futile because too much time has passed? That's the the point to pass on and hand off. And then you've gotta coordinate transport and work with your ICU colleagues um, and your interventional colleagues to get an MRI, just like you would for wake up stroke as soon as possible.
0: That's awesome. Thanks, Charlie. I think that the the nuance to all of this is that these are devastating strokes. They can change um, rapidly from patients who have low disability to high disability in the blink of an eye. They are diagnostic nightmares for emergency physicians. And I think that for us, even as stroke specialists and intensivists, um, they do represent their own challenges, and, and, and it's an ongoing spectrum from the front door to the back door with these particular uh, diseases and these kind of patients. I appreciate you helping us to break that down some, and uh, this is Bill Knight coming to you again from the National Stroke Education Center. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening today. This Stroke Journey podcast is a collaboration between the National Stroke Education Center, M. Craig International, and MedEd On The Go. For more comprehensive, high-quality educational resources for healthcare professionals, please visit strokejourney.com.